Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And this is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. How's it going? Happy Monday, Beth. Happy Monday, Christy. Do you know that it's like, I'm always like, how's it going? And then it's like, oh, I say, I remember it's Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it's every Monday. Yes. Never miss a Monday. And I get so excited to say, happy Monday. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I love Mondays. Mondays used to be the worst. And people write us too and they'll tell us like, you guys make my Monday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you guys also make our Mondays. School is out for summer. I'm so happy. I'm finally done. Kids got yearbooks. Okay. Did your kids Mm -hmm. get yearbooks? I did not buy them. No. Okay. I did because Mm -hmm. sucker. And they really wanted them and because they wanted their friends to sign their yearbooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Fair. Super, especially my older one, sixth grade. Right, I get yeah, it. Yeah, middle yeah. school. You sign your yearbook. And we mm-hmm. used to, <laughs> back in the day, signing someone's yearbook was a huge thing, right? Oh, yeah. Like my friends would give me their yearbooks to keep for an entire period because it would take me that long to oh. write like my message or whatever, you know, because it was like, it was a thing. They don't do you- that anymore. You didn't just say, um, have a great summer. K-I-T. Well, <laughs> wait, what's K-I-T? Oh, keep in touch. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no. I mean, I probably did, but with a whole paragraph. I mean, when if it's somebody I don't really know. No, yeah, I yeah, yeah. remember there being boys that would be like, well, you signed my yearbook. And I would be like, it was so funny that one day in class when you blah, blah, blah. Like we'd write a memory. <laughs> oh my God. It was a huge thing. But like, no, they don't do that anymore. They're like, mm. they don't even write have a good summer or keep in touch. It's just like, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> do they write it like next to their picture? Like, hey, this is who I'm No, asking. there's like a page for autographs. Oh, okay. But like so ridiculous like I was very upset I was like this is a waste of my money okay there's Mm. no memories in here for you yeah (laughs) you're not gonna remember anything about Josh just by seeing Josh L Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway yeah so it's a waste of money don't buy yearbooks high school wait till high school yeah this is weird because I swore I bought one for um Isaiah this year because I bought one every year well the last two um Mm -hmm. and he's like I didn't get it I was like I swore it but so many freaking emails this year that there's a really good chance that I forgot. And I thought I did because I meant to, but, but yeah, you it's not his senior, senior year. So now I'll buy it. Yeah. You have a senior now. <laughs> yeah. Oh so my took, God. His cap and gown pictures. They took senior pictures yesterday. Well, the other day for the yearbook. So it mm-hmm. was like, not like hours that we're taking for like announcements or anything like that. It's just like, you want to be on the yearbook? You got to take pictures here and here's your dates to do it. Mm-hmm. And I went and I was on the verge of tears for the whole rest of the day after he oh, put I know. that cap on. I was like, I can't. Nope. Can't. It's awful. <laughs> I'm going to a graduation party this weekend and it's like, how are we that old that we have friends Mm-mm. that are graduating? I'm not you know? Old. I know. Well... <laughs> survey says mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway all right i think so, i sent that picture to you you did and, well i sent it to multiple people and my caption at the bottom was the same i'm not okay yeah. <laughs> i also wasn't okay i showed no. everyone at the pool when you sent it and they were like who is that i was like that's his name well oh i forgot i could say his name I'm yeah like, you can <laughs> Sorry, I got tripped up for a second. No, that's but okay. Yeah, they couldn't believe it. They were like, yeah. how is he a senior in high school? Oh my gosh, he was a little baby running around with his football in the street. Ugh. 
Yeah. Random pictures came up the other day, yesterday, actually, after that. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Bad timing, <laughs> phone. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, okay. So we have two Patreons we want to thank. Mm-hmm. We have some new sisters in the closet, Andrea L. and Erica P. Welcome oh. in. Welcome, Andrea and I'm sorry. Erica. Erica. <laughs> yep. No space in my brain. As soon as you said it, it went in and out. <laughs> yes, we just were talking about that. We have no space for things. And yesterday was Father's Day. Yes, it was. So we've spoilered, but there's a surprise today in our feed for you. We have a great episode planned. And yeah, if we want to get into it, we can do that. Yeah, I was going to say it's pretty long. So bear with us, but I think you'll still enjoy it because it, you're going to hear some people that maybe you've wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> for a you while. guys have to write us about this one. Yes. Yes. If you've never written, write now. Let us know yes. what you think. <laughs> All right. So. Here we go. Friends, happy Father's Day. We have such a special episode for you guys today because in our closet, we not only have Christy and I, but we also have the husbands, our our closet husbands. So welcome in Wes and Emery. Say hello. Happy to be here. Likewise. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We'll see (laughs) if you agree with that when it's over. Yeah. I'm sure we will. We'll we'll invite you back. I'm sure we get lots of questions about who the the uh, men of the closet are, and you guys are our biggest supporters, and we're so thankful for you. So we wanted to include you in a special episode. Well, I don't know if Wes um, does the same thing, but I've tried to call in several times to the show, <laughs> and nobody ever answers. So this was like our only way to get on. So. <laughs> Yeah. Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Long time caller, first time paying attention. To Just give thoughts. us five stars. It's fine. That's the problem. You've yeah. never rated us. And so we're not going to answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're so thankful to have you guys. This is a lot of fun. I feel like it's been a long time coming for Christy and I, because we've talked about it a lot, having you guys on. Mm. So we're going to talk some crime with the men. And because they're on here, this is a special episode. You're going to get two stories, one from Beth and one from me. And they are both the same type of crime, right? Do you guys want to guess what our theme is today? Uh, Murder. (laughs) Well, good guess. Good guess. Any specifics regarding that? I'm going to go husband cheating on wife. Decides the best thing to do would be to kill his wife and then, like, lie about everything after that. Well, very specific. Yeah, yeah. Detailed. Uh, it's Father's Day coming up. So how about kids that murder their dads? Oh. Wow. You guys are mm. dark AF. <laughs> yeah. We we just went with wives who kill their dads. Oh, perfect. So, <laughs> so your eternal research project. Got it. That's all this is. Just your biggest fear, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do we want to jump in? All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ready so to go. I am going to tell you guys a story today out of California. What do we do we love California or no? It's not Florida, man, but it'll do. Oh, Florida be crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So this is the case of Robert Edward Harris. Any bells? Okay. Famous actor, oh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris? It's famous actor, right? Oh. Well, this is Robert. Okay. Harris. Go on, Bob. They do call him <laughs> okay, Bob, actually, attention. Bob Harris. Okay. Bob, Robert Edward Harris, aka Bob, was born February 3rd, 1940, making him a Pisces. He was very creative and generous, and he grew up in the Bay Area of San Francisco, California. Bob loved the outdoors, and he went to UC Berkeley and got his engineering degree. He then got a job with the United States Forest Service and was the lead administrator for the Lake Tahoe region, which, fun fact, is the most coveted position in the Forest Service. Oh, really? Everyone wants to be in Lake Tahoe, in the country. Everyone wants to be in Lake Tahoe, so go Bob. Bob got married, and he and his wife had three children, but when the kids were older and left home, Bob and his first wife divorced. So Bob, who was just in his early 40s at the time, continued to be a great dad and really enjoyed living the bachelor California life in the late 1980s, which is a real vibe, I feel like. Bob reconnected with his middle school sweetheart named Colleen Batten, and the two of them rekindled their adolescent romance and began dating. Oh, wow. All right. Do you know anything about, like, what kind of uniform he wore? Um, Like, was that part of what maybe, like, got her attention? Again, was, like, his his forest? I think it was. Yeah, I imagine it to be, like green olive green and he probably had some kind mm-hmm. of a hat maybe some patches right. and obviously. badges yes. yeah stuff yeah like that. so mm-hmm. see we we see him we see you bob irresistible <laughs> also by the way your middle school sweetheart can you even imagine like reconnecting with them <laughs> no no i don't think i had a middle school sweetheart. oh well i definitely did and he was cute but no Okay, so Colleen, middle school sweetheart, was a widow. Her husband had passed away a few years before. She also had three adult children. So her husband that had passed away had been a successful land surveyor. And after he passed, she actually took over his business for him. And he had a portfolio of over $1 million. Oh, yeah, she murdered him. (sighs) Oh, in the 80s, huh? (laughs) Yeah, in the 80s, right. So he was super successful. Mm -hmm. So she took that over and she did really well with that. She ran with it. She was able to run it successfully. So when she and Bob met, she was very well off. Like she was Mm -hmm. more well off than he was, right? So Bob loved how smart Colleen was. Apparently, she built a Mercedes engine in her living room without any instructions. What? Well, I feel like that'd be something I could I do. agree. You know what's funny <laughs> about you saying that is I was like, well, that's Christy. <laughs> she would just be like, let's build a car engine. What to? <laughs> did she not did she not have a garage or what's she, the thinking behind the living room? Is she this from is West right? Virginia? <laughs> no, she's from California. Okay. Just checking. Interesting. <laughs> just checking. Not from West Virginia. Yes, she had a garage. Just it was just her hobby. Maybe. This was when she lived alone. 
So like when they were dating, okay. she was like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm building a Mercedes engine in my living room. Want to come over? Mm. <laughs> See it? Okay. So Bob, who was an engineer, remember, was like, ooh, big mm-hmm. brain. Love that. Okay. So the couple dated for four years, and then they got married in September of 1990. Then they moved into Colleen's very large home in Placerville, California. I think it's Placerville. Placerville? Yeah. Do you know it? That's okay. We can check. Yeah. You know Placerville? That's okay. We just don't want to offend anyone. No, I appreciate that. that. Placerville. So it's like close to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Okay. Placerville then. That's where we are. So Bob and and Colleen were known as a very great couple. They... um, were very social. They were known to be prominent members of their community. Colleen doted on Bob. So she rarely left his side. It was said Colleen was all about Bob. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in 1997, the couple retired with a pretty large nest egg. They had a vacation home in Lake Tahoe and Bob went on to be a star volunteer at the El Dorado County Sheriff's Department and he also volunteered as a baseball oh. umpire and would work games from like little oh. league all the way up to semi-pro. That's my dog. He's barking. If you hear that. Okay. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> it's not, it's not my husband. Oh. It's my dog. Okay. He also taught environmental con- conservation oh. and forest management to college students in the Lake Tahoe area. And he was oh. a very doting grandfather. Colleen was also very philanthropic, and she was involved in several charities and community groups. And by 2013, the couple was in their early 70s and had been married for almost 30 years. And they were a very happy couple until they weren't. On January 6, 2013, just after 6 p.m., a 911 call came in. The call was from an attorney named David Weiner. Weiner, huh? Spelled Weiner, by the way. Oh, I had a hard time writing it. I think it's with the W, Weiner. It could be Weiner. But it's Weiner, because I watched a documentary. Could be Weiner. (laughs) It's Weiner. David Weiner. Mystery. (laughs) He said that he wanted to report a dead body, and he gave an address. This attorney said that he didn't know who the dead person was or what had happened, that he was just relaying the information from a client. That's how people report dead bodies, huh? Through their attorney? That's how that goes. In this case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of recommend it, actually. So police go out to the address given, which belonged to Bob and Colleen Harris, our friends. So not knowing what they were walking up on, the police waited outside to make sure that they weren't in any danger because, right, they just get this random call. There's a dead body in this house. So they waited outside, Mm -hmm. but they were looking through the window and they saw an older woman walking around the home normally, like she was cleaning house. She was making food like nothing was going on. So they knocked on Mm -hmm. the door and Colleen answered and police told her like, Hey, we got this phone call that there was a dead body in your house. There's an emergency. What's going on. And she said, my husband's upstairs. 
Mm-hmm. So Colleen was acting super strangely, almost like she was in a trance or like sedated, like a sedated state. Mm-hmm. She was very like not focusing, not with it. She told police that she saw a little bit of blood on Bob's pillow. So she just put a blanket over him. They asked her if he was okay or what happened. And she just said, you, you have to see he's beautiful. That's a quote. Oh, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. So police made sure that nobody else was in the home because they don't know what the heck's going on. So they clear the house and they, there's no forced entry, nothing disturbed, nothing like that. So in the bedroom, they saw a person laying in bed, covered up completely with blankets. There was a double barreled, sawed off shotgun laying beside this person in the bed. And there was blood on the wall behind the bed. So under the blankets, police find a man who was shot in the face at what appeared to be very close range because this man's face was almost completely missing. I was going to say, do they even recognize him? What was beautiful about that again? Well, we'll have to ask Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Mm -hmm. So is she, she's going to be joining us in a little bit? So we could ask her. No, she is not. Spoiler, she is not going to be. Is he in his uniform? Is that why he's beautiful? He was in his pajamas. Okay, just check. That's part of my notes. He was in his pajamas. Bob was wearing his pajamas. So this was 72-year-old Bob Harris, Colleen's husband. He had an entry wound to his right cheek, and the bullet had exited out of the, like, side of his head. Okay. Mm. So. It's, It's bullets plural. One. It's a shotgun. There's lots of bullets in a shotgun shell. Go on. Oh, never mind. Okay. Oh, really? Well, yes. But, okay. Oh. Okay. So rigor mortis had already happened. So it's already passed, which for the layman, that happens within 12 to 24 hours. It's like a 24-hour process. So, like, rigor mortis sets in within a couple hours. It takes a few hours to pass. So, based on this and also the blood around him, which was already congealed. And you had to call your attorney first, too. Right. They determined mm-hmm. that he had been. And and chop up some celery for the. Gotta have that. Gotta have some celery. <laughs> She's just cooking she like was, everything. Yes, fine. she was cooking and cleaning house. So, this would indicate that several hours to possibly a full day had passed since his death. So pretty immediately, suicide was ruled out as a manner of death. So where the gun was laying, Bob could not have reached it. So like it was laying in a way that was like, it didn't fall. You know what I'm saying? So it had been placed beside his body and where it was placed, he could not have gotten to it. Like it just wasn't possible. Mm. So... There was also well, and also like it's hard to shoot yourself with a with a rifle, right? Like, well, this is a shotgun, so they're very long barreled. Yeah, well, it's you, it, it is possible people do do that for some you, reason. It's you, like you said it was a sawed off shotgun to start with. It was a sawed off shotgun, so it was mm-hmm. shorter. True, true. But anyway, where mm-hmm. it was, he couldn't have gotten to it himself. Also, there was a considerable amount of gunshot residue on his head which was seen pretty immediately. So that indicates that the gun was several inches away from his head. So like if it's, which is not when a person typically like 
it's a suicide, it's touching your head. So mm-hmm. this was several inches away, which means there was blowback. And so that just suicide was ruled out. So his death was ruled a homicide and Colleen was taken in for questioning. Mm. Okay. So she was very calm and cooperative, but she showed very little emotion. And again, like I said, she seemed to not be totally with it. So mm-hmm. she claimed to have no idea what happened to Bob. She said that this is her memory. The night before, she had taken down Christmas decorations, and the two of them had dinner and watched a movie. After that, she claimed to be in a, quote, gray fog and had zero memory of anything after 9 p.m. the night before until police arrived the following day, which was after 6 o'clock. she doesn't remember making that phone call to her attorney or anything. No. Well, I guess we don't even know that that's who made the phone call. Anyway. Actually, no. And she said she had no clue why an attorney had called and made the, like, made the 911 call. She was like, I have no idea why he called you. Solid amnesia defense. Solid amnesia defense, Colleen. Mm-hmm. So she said. So did she, she, she said she didn't remember anything, but she did tell them that he was up there and that he had some blood on his head and. She put a sheet over him and all that. And, so she and, remembered it. And, he, right and he was, he was beautiful. 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 Yeah. Right. Looking good. Space bone off. So she said that she did have a vague memory of seeing a gun and that she saw a little bit of blood on Bob's pillow and thought that he had a nosebleed, which apparently he was prone to having. He was missing his nose. Mm-hmm. She actually had to be told that Bob was dead. And so when she was told that, she broke down and started crying. So she claimed to not even know. Like, they were like, well, you know he's dead, right? And she was like, oh, my God, he's Hmm. dead? I thought he just had a nosebleed. With no face. With a vague memory of a gun. You have to have a nose for it to bleed. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. So Colleen told police that she and Bob had a great relationship and that they were very in love. Around this time, the detective who was questioning Colleen got a text message to come out of the interrogation room right away. Like, get up, come out, 911. So once he was out, he was given a folder from a case back in 1985 of a man named Jim Batten. Was he a big developer? That was worth millions. Surveyor? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jim had been killed by a gunshot wound in the same house that Colleen and Bob lived in. And the prime suspect in Jim's death was his then wife, Colleen. <gasps> so back in July of 1985, Colleen had called 911 and said that her husband, Jim, was shot. But guess what? She couldn't remember anything. Oh, goodness gracious. She's pulling this a second time. It would appear. It would appear that. Well, so I'm sorry. Did they believe her the first time? Because clearly she's like out and has another husband. Yes, it is clear that she's out and has another husband. Okay. So Jim was found laying in bed with a gunshot wound to the head. Sounding very familiar. And Colleen claimed amnesia. So she was actually arrested Mm for Jim's murder and went on trial 
And guess who represented her? The mysterious attorney. The lawyer. David Weiner. Weiner. Mm. Weiner uh, Weiner, who had called 911 uh, about Bob's okay. death. So at that trial, Colleen had claimed to have undergone hours of therapy. So she at first claimed, I have no memory of what happened to him. I don't know how he died. He was just, he was shot in bed. But then she Mm -hmm. underwent hours and hours of psychotherapy and her memory returned and she was able to recall something about what happened with Jim's death. So she claimed that Jim had been molesting her young daughter and she confronted him about this and gave him divorce papers and an argument started and escalated and Jim pulled a gun on her and started to like try to sexually assault her, but she was able to get the gun away and she shot Jim in self-defense. So, but she doesn't, Oh, she didn't remember. Well, not at first, but through hours of therapy, she did remember for the trial. Okay. Now, so she was like basically like she had a traumatic experience and she just her body kind of wiped it from her memory. Right, which actually really is a thing and that does happen and mm-hmm. you you need therapy sometimes to be able to like recollect those memories. And I will say mm-hmm. that Colleen's daughter did testify that Jim was sexually assaulting her. So okay. daughter feels as though that this was self-defense for her mom. Anyway, Mm -hmm. Colleen was found not guilty of Jim's murder and was acquitted. So she was let go. But obviously the similarities to Jim's death and now Bob's were wildly similar and Colleen's amnesia Mm -hmm. has now returned. And so police are real side eye, you know, about her. Mm -hmm. So investigators then dive a little deeper and they investigate interview friends and family. So Bob's daughter, which is from a previous marriage. So it's not Colleen's daughter. It's his, remember they had adult Mm -hmm. children when they got married. So his daughter told police that Colleen had been suspecting Bob of having an affair. So there's no proof of this affair, but Colleen would frequently discuss this with Bob's daughter And she actually had texted Bob's daughter the night before his death, saying that she thought she may have caught Bob on the phone with his mistress. Uh So she made his daughter her alibi for all this? Well, not technically. She just was saying that her his daughter was just saying, well, Colleen thought my dad was cheating on her. So not an alibi. I mean, it's no, not really but... an al- it's not really an alibi because I mean you can't shoot someone in the face just if you think they're cheating on yeah, you. Yeah, but she's planting seeds around town, saying, "Oh, your dad's doing this." Like kind of roped her into her own defense. But that's not a defense. It's yeah, but it's not a defense. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not a defense. But... Right? Okay. So investigators also don't get any ideas. <laughs> Y'all quit. <laughs> Put the shotgun away. <laughs> okay. So investigators also learned that Bob had not been living with Colleen at the time of his death. So in September of 2012, so three months before he was killed, he had actually moved out and filed for divorce and was living in their Lake Tahoe vacation home. But in December, 
I know, right? We need a vacation home in Lake Tahoe, except yeah. that's kind of far. But yeah. So in December, so a month before Bob was killed, Colleen had had hip surgery <gasps> and asked Bob to move back in with her for a couple of months to help her during her recovery. So he had agreed, and that is why he was there. However, okay. he was very clear that once she recovered from surgery, he would be heading back to Lake Tahoe and that their relationship was over. So he'd filed for divorce. He was like, I'm done. I'm here to help you because I'm a great guy. And when you're done recovering, I'm out. Like, situation mm-hmm. still stands. Okay. So Colleen's former defense attorney, David Weiner, spelled Weiner, was questioned and said that Colleen had called him to her house and that they had met in his car in the driveway. So he would not disclose the nature of their meeting or what was said because he may be defending Colleen because Mm. Bob is now dead. And so attorney-client privilege was an issue. So he was Mm -hmm. like, I can't tell you what we talked about. What I can tell you is I met her in her driveway and then I drove back to my office and called 911 about a dead body. Right. There you go. So Colleen was taken to the hospital to be checked out because remember she was not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. Was it what? Was it for her hip? Well, she was actually recovering from surgery. So they did say that like her physical capabilities at that time was really limited. But she also was having that like gray fog in quotes, right? Mm -hmm. So she wasn't, couldn't remember this amnesia, whatever. She was cleared mentally, but she did have a couple of notable injuries. So in the center of her chest, she had bruising, right? Shotguns will do that. And then she also Mm -hmm. had an injury to her right index finger. Again, a shotgun. Also known as your trigger finger. So uh-huh. these injuries would indicate that she had a shotgun that she had shot that kicked back and had bruised her chest and also pulled her finger back because it was in the thing, right? Which mm-hmm. it really happens. So Colleen was arrested and charged with the first degree murder of her husband, Bob. Police believed that Bob had been killed the night before his death was reported, right? Because remember, he had mm. the rigor mortis had already passed. The blood was congealed. So Colleen's cell phone records showed that the morning after, so the morning after they believed he was killed, she had left home around 7 a.m. and had driven to the Bay Area. So like the San Francisco area, which is about three hours away from where they lived. That's where the shotgun is, isn't it? I don't know. They found the shotgun oh, out okay. of bed. Got it. Her phone pinged off a tower near her son's home. So he claimed to have not seen his mom, but he said that he did find Bob's very expensive coin collection in his garage randomly. Mm. So he turned that over to Colleen's attorney who gave it to police. So they think that she Mm -hmm. went there to take his Bob's coin collection to her son. For unknown reason. Okay. So on the way home from her son's house, Colleen's car broke down, which is just really bad luck for a murderer, you know, for your car to break down. Yeah, no kidding. So she called AAA for a tow truck. 
So this became important because police got a recording of that call. And during that call, Colleen sounded perfectly normal. So she was very lucid. Mm. She gave clear directions to where she was. Like, I am precisely at this intersection on this mile marker. Here is a description of my car. So this whole gray fog that she claimed that she was in that whole day was very disproven Mm -hmm. by this recorded phone call with AAA. So Colleen went on trial in March of 2015. Can I ask a question? You can. How much were these coins worth? I just, I just got to understand. So this. actually, so there's a dead body, and then you're like, you know what's a good idea? I'm going to take this coin collection, drive three hours to my kid's house, hide in this garage, and then come home. I need to understand that. Twenty thousand dollars. So she's worth a million, and oh. the twenty thousand was worth the six-hour round trip to AAA with the dead body stinking up the house. Yes. <laughs> Got it. All right, go on. Right. Okay. Okay. So they were estimated to be $20,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she goes on trial March 2015, and her defense was? You want me to guess? Amnesia. Sexual assault. Self-defense. Oh, yeah. So amazingly, her memory had returned spontaneously, and she claimed that she had been attacked by Bob and that he was accidentally shot during a scuffle between the two of them, and that it was self-defense. I mean, but he was also laying on his pillow, shot in the head. Right, I don't... Okay, Colleen. While he was sleeping, probably. He was. He was in attack mode. Yeah. Yeah. He was in full attack (laughs) mode. Just so we know, I didn't see this beforehand, but I didn't have to call Dionne Warwick to know what happened there. I know, right? So the jury deliberated for two hours and found Colleen guilty of first-degree murder... And abuse of a firearm, because it's illegal to have a sawed-off shotgun. Oh, yeah. Well, let's worry about the abuse of the firearm. Well, they're just throwing the book at her. I know. I mean, because honestly, it's speculated this is murder number two. It's 10 years and $250,000 fine. Do they touch the old case or no? So because she was acquitted of that. So they can't because double jeopardy. Can't retry That's Doubled, yeah. Right. So at the age of 72 years old, Colleen was sentenced to 50 years to life in prison. She did die in a California prison in June of 2022 at the age of 80. Wow. But yes, it is highly speculated by everyone, me also, that she did kill her first husband. Although... I do believe that probably he was being inappropriate with her daughter only because the daughter did swears to that. So like, well, I not that murder is justifiable. No, but but I, I think we can guarantee there was sexual assault involved once you went to prison. I mean, that probably happened to her. You mean? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she accused her husband of it coming after her probably came true later. Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, she was very old. She was 72 when she went to prison. So, like, these are old people. She killed her husband at 70 years old. Why did she kill him? I mean, there's not, like, a clear motive or whatever, right? That's true. Not for the $20,000 Well, she thought he was cheating on her. She was the... Okay, so she was mad at him. She's Right. She speculated that he was cheating on her. But no, she was the money maker in that how old was he he was she was 70 and he was 72 Uh 
Just running all over town. Just running all over town. <laughs> yeah. At the sheriff's yeah. office, volunteering, you know, umpire in baseball. Well, and cheating. She, she believed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, once he put on that ump uniform. I mean, again. we all like a man in uniform. He seemed amazing. Viagra around then? Bob. Yeah. It was in the 80s. Oh, I don't know, actually. Um, but Bob seemed great. And, you know, it's super sad. You don't ever hear about elderly people shooting each other. I know. That was extra special. Extra like, that wasn't special. just a wife murdering her husband. It was an elderly yeah. woman murdering her husband. Who gets sentenced to life at yeah. 72? Multiple times, by the way. Not just once. Allegedly. Right. Yeah. Allegedly. Wow. Well, she did it the first time. She just she admitted to shooting him. It was self defense. Yeah, so she was acquitted of murder. Do it, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that was a doozy. Yeah, Colleen's a real cutie too. (laughs) Post some pictures. Oh, really? I can't wait to see Mm -hmm. pictures of her. Was she? Was a picture of her and the engine in the living room available? I don't know. I should look. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Mercedes. I wonder how she was. doing all this work around the house when right after with her hip because y'all don't know this but right now emory is recovering from hip surgery i didn't want to say that (laughs) because i didn't know i don't know that like you would be just like do 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 dusting the house walking around with your walker i did help cut up some vegetables earlier well you did do that but yeah but But, like on your own over a month after in all fairness yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe she. So why was he still at the house a month later in bed and forgotten that she's hurt? Mm-hmm. I yeah, I guess she still required help. I don't know. But even in like when they took her in for questioning, you can watch. I watched her like interrogation, and she had to like mm-hmm. elevate her leg in the interrogation because she had just yeah. had surgery, and so she's sitting in the interrogation right. room with mm-hmm. her leg propped up on a chair. I'm surprised she didn't fall over when she. Shot that shotgun. But she did get. She so did get two, Poor Bob. Right. Mm-hmm. Poor Bob. That's right. What do you two think of her? Do you think she's a terrible person or like a little bit of a badass that she's like mowing guys down at seventy? <laughs> no, or like, what a murderer. You, I definitely don't think she's a badass. <laughs> a murderer. Is there is there like a, a number that's required to be like Black Widow status when you're a woman? Is it three? So, well, two is a serial killer now because they redid it. Mm. So if, right with a cooling off period, so that's what she has. Percent, yes, years and years actually. Yeah. Right. So, so, so technically, who knows what she did to anyone else too? I mean, well, true. Seems like she, whenever she gets a little frustrated, she just goes straight to the face. <laughs> it does seem yeah. that way. Just straight to the face. You said this the eighties or nineties. Well, this happened oh, in the nineties. Yes. We're we're in relation is that in California where Kurt Cobain lived. Well, no, actually, this happened in 2013, the last one that oh. she murdered. The first one was the 1985. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. This wasn't that long ago. Because mm-hmm. they were married for almost 30 years, her and Bob. Anyway, so that's the story of Bob Harris. Rest wow. in peace. How'd you find that one? I Googled. Snap. When are you all hitting 30 years? 30 years. Well, I don't know about 30 20, years, but we have been married 20, 30, all day long. We've been married all day long, baby. Um, tw- 30 years would be 2035, right? 
We're about to be 18 years. Yeah. This mm-hmm. summer. Okay. So we have a while. Yeah. We'll be 2033. Mm-hmm. I guess my point, Wes, is even when we get to 30 years. You're not safe. safe. You're never safe. Like I said, yeah. I've said this since the beginning. This is just one big research project, Emery. <laughs> so. so glad you guys have so much faith in us. <laughs> yeah, I did not do it to myself. The whole audience just heard me say it. Yeah, Wes is like, everyone hear me right now. I go now. missing. Yeah. Wes's is cry for yeah, help. Sit right now. I would never go to jail Best for you. did it. Never. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break, and then Christy's going to come back with another crime for you. Okay, so you ready for story number two? I'm so ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Well, Guess what, Wes? Guess where we're going for this one? Didn't you mention a different state in the beginning? Of right. So, are we going to go to the Florida Man State? We are going. We to Florida. love Florida. Yeah, yeah. That's where the crazy as our, lives. As our friends from what happened in the woods, the Florida, <laughs> Florida, <F-ery>. Florida <laughs> effery. Yeah. Okay. Keep it a little clean. Oh, my so <laughs> Can't say that the F word on this song, this podcast. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so we are going to Florida. We have Stephen Clayton, who was born on May 1st, 1954 in Miami Beach, Florida. Don't you look at my notes and get, get um, information ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> he graduated from Miami Military Academy and Miami yeah. Springs Senior High School. Did you hear that? Yes, I said yeah, Academy. Me. Really weird. Yeah. Long Island. He was an athlete, and he played football, ran track, and did wrestling. He did have some hardships growing up, but ended up working his way through college for himself. He graduated with a Bachelor of Science from Florida State University in 1976 and became a certified public accountant. Wow. The most boring of all the jobs. Mm Mm-hmm. He got a job doing finances for Holy Cross Hospital in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He was described as an aficionado in music, wine, and cigars, and he was an avid golfer. Cute. Definitely You're Florida an aficionado man. in wine. I know. I was going to say, I think I might be better than him, but maybe probably. <laughs> this guy probably knew more than me. Not, keep, I mean, I don't know anything about cigars. Keep cigar, practicing. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I will. On your craft. I am practicing. Currently. <laughs> currently practicing. Okay. He also at one time was a wrestling coach for the University of South Florida in Tampa. Hmm. So there's connections here with us because we lived in that area. Mm -hmm. And we lived on the other side, just north of Fort Lauderdale. So we've got like connections all around here. Okay. Stephen went on to be an entrepreneur and was the founder, president, and CEO of a company called Physical Therapy Resources. Okay. I was just going to say, has anybody heard of it? <laughs> no, but we have a friend who but, is very into physical therapy these days. <laughs> Do you know him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy right yeah. next to me, he's getting physical therapy. Yeah. No, he's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, this became a national chain, apparently. So it, he did very well with it. Okay. 
He did so well with this company that he was able to fully retire in 1995 at the age of 40. Whoa. Don't we all wish that he could retire at the age of 40. These two gentlemen sitting Literally. Christy and I have been retired for years, but that sounds great for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it would be great. After retiring, he wanted to give back and became very philanthropic. The one thing Steve wasn't extremely successful at was relationships, though. By the time he was 59 years old, he had been married and divorced six times. Oh, it's a good amount of times. Six is a good amount of times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, exes of Steve's would have nothing but great things to say about him, even after their relationships ended. So I'm not really sure what would occur that would cause all of these to end, except, except it was like, well... It just ran its course and we weren't in love anymore, I guess, mm-hmm. I would be the answer. Right. And I don't believe that he had any biological children because in, spoiler alert, his obituary, it listed like stepchildren, but no actual children. Okay, that made me laugh so, that you so said spoiler alert because with, with, he is the topic of our episode. So with, so. with six marriages, how many stepkids were there in the obituary? I only saw two, actually. But that probably is because he was only married, like, at the time, he was married and it was only counting those two. Oh, right. You You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Oh, do stepchildren stop being your stepchildren? I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. I don't either. Especially if, like, you're still, like, you know, in touch with those people like, and have a good... most likely wouldn't be, I guess, maybe. Usually, I don't know. No, it's yeah. weird. I mean, yeah. I guess, especially if, like, the parents remarried and there's another stepdad, well, said, I'm sure you wouldn't want to be listening. I think the kids would still be in, included because mm-hmm. they don't have them long after the fact. Right, right, right. So, anyway, there was only two, I believe, listed. Okay. <clears throat> Around 2009, Steve met Lana Walsh, or Lana. I don't know how you would pronounce it. L-A-N-A? I'm saying Lana. 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 Sources say that he was still living in Florida, but others had him in North Carolina. So one of those two states is where he's in. It's always interesting to me when sources conflict like that because I'm like, well, which one is it? Because he was living somewhere. But anyway. Well, he could have had. Yeah, like a vacation. I don't think. What person in Florida would buy a vacation home in North Carolina, though? I know some people that did that. You do? Oh well, we would we would do that. We we well, live in Missouri. We would live, but we, even living in Florida, we would have uh, bought a vacation home in North Carolina. Right. Anyway, well, okay. welcome. Okay, so it doesn't matter where he was living. He met her online, and she was a nurse from Oklahoma. She um, hold on. She had worked in several VA hospitals over the years, and they decided to marry in 2013, and then they moved from wherever they were because I don't know. To Lake Wiley, South Carolina. Okay. Okay. This is in the northwest edge of South Carolina. It's unclear clear if they had the house built, although that's what I believe happened, or if it they had just purchased it. But either way, it was a home that had been built to be modeled after George Washington's Mount Vernon house, if you can picture it. That's what I've always wanted. That's random. Yeah, it is random, but it's a very pretty house. It's beautiful. I looked at pictures on realtor.com and no, it is not for sale. (laughs) (laughs) To the real estate entrepreneur over there. (laughs) Always sending me beautiful listings. I love it. 
constantly sending constantly. like Zillow listings and whatever. Like check there this place out. There are definitely worse habits. No, there. Yeah. No, I'm not saying anything about They're your habits. I'm not the only one. I'm not the only. One. It is pretty. I'll show you the. I'll show you the <laughs> later. It's very okay. Pretty house. Okay. So on July 21st, 2018, Steve had been sick in bed for several days, few days, like three. He was known to have a bit of vertigo, and apparently he was having some sort of spell. Lana checked on him in the morning, and he was sleeping, and so she didn't want to disturb him, so she went out to mow the lawn. Now, I have to say this. This is a big property, and now you know how I love to mow the lawn. I would not be mowing this lawn. Oh. Would not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even on a John Deere? I mean, well, maybe on a ride. Yeah. Maybe. Put your podcast in. Couple yeah, hours. Slip on a murder pod. Yeah. It's your yeah. best life. That's true. Okay. It's maybe, okay, fine. Let's do this. So when she came back in, she found Steve at the bottom of the stairs and unresponsive. She ran out to the front door and flagged down a motorcyclist that happened to be driving by, and he called 911. <clears throat> Did she not okay, yeah. Remind me okay. of the year. It's 2018. Okay. All right. Well, all right. So phones exist. Yeah. We definitely have phones. The battery on her cell phone was dead. She didn't have one in her house, but the moment yeah, no listening to podcasts. Oh, you think her battery went dead because she was listening to podcasts while yeah. she was getting grass? It's our fault. It's our fault. It's possible. It is possible. Mm. It is possible. But, okay, so hold on to that fact that you're saying she didn't have a phone. Okay. She then ran across the street to the neighbor's house and told them what was happening, and they hopped in his golf cart and drove back over to the house so he could help her out. He went inside to check on Steve while Lana stayed on the front porch crying. Hmm. When police and paramedics arrived, they were unable to revive Steve. Police asked Lana what had happened that day, and she explained everything I said to you. Went to check on him. He's been sick. Mowed the lawn. Came in. He's at the bottom of the stairs. Emergency personnel and the coroner at the scene who observed Steve's body seemed to think he suffered a heart attack while walking down the stairs and then just fell the rest of the way. It was apparent that the fall had not killed him. And there was some discoloration to his face and I think part of his body that was indicative of a heart attack. So they were like, well, this is what happened. Okay. He had a heart attack and he fell. So they were very happy with just being like, okay, this is what happened. Case closed. Like, let's take him away. A friend of Steve's who was also a police officer in a neighboring town had heard what happened and immediately came over to the house. He was trying to comfort Lana and also kind of like, mm, let me take a look around while there's like all this chaos happening mm -hmm. and whatever. I'll check things out myself. So while he's there, <clears throat> police asked about arrangements, like asked Lana, like, where do you want to bring him? Where should, you know, do you have a funeral home you want us to bring him to? And she was like, I have no idea where, I have no clue what to do with him. And so I don't know. And she was really confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And like I said, they had no issue ruling this a heart attack at the scene. So they were ready to send him wherever they wanted, she wanted to send him to like prepare him for a funeral. Okay. She's very emotional. Couldn't make a decision. The police officers then say, okay, well, that's fine, but we can transfer him to the coroner's office. And in the meantime, until you figure this out and we'll run some additional tests on mm -hmm. him, just, you know, just to see what's going on. Immediately, she was like, 
oh, no, you know what? Let's send him to this funeral home over here, and I'm going to have him cremated. Uh Oh, cremated. When they ask the cremation, it's always the red flag. Yep. Yep, it is a it is a red flag. Unless, of course, it's like in a will or something, and you're like, okay, fine. That's well, but right I'm away, doing. when they're like, nope, right away, cremate him. Let's just right. yep. get let's go. No, you don't have to take him do any testing. No, yeah, we don't need do an autopsy, you just fell down the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So being caught off guard by this sudden sudden change, they started to question things as well. Like, hmm, well, let's see, maybe we should look into this further. She did not Wouldn't want. Would there always be like naturally an autopsy or? No, not if the like, family has determined... to request it. Yeah, no, really. Unless no. it's determined to be foul play, the family has to request an autopsy. Right. Yeah, and mm. so they were pretty sure, based on how he looked, that it literally was just a heart attack, and he must have fallen since wow. he was fa- feeling badly for days. Mm-hmm. So she said, "I don't want an autopsy done or toxicology testing done because Steve was using mar- marijuana recre- recreationally." That's such a hard word. <laughs> An impossible word. Which and word? Marijuana or recreational? Both of them together. Marijuana, oh. recreation. Just say casually. <laughs> casually. Marijuana casually. <laughs> casually smoking marijuana. Casually Mary Jane. Um, and she, yes. So she didn't want him that coming out because she thought it would embarrass him or embarrass the family, mm-hmm. which, come on, people. Let's get this stigma out of the way. Seriously. People use marijuana. It's Okay. The police were unable to find Steve's phone at the scene as well, and everyone that knew him found this odd because they were like, it was attached to him. It was his lifeline. He had it all the time, always on him. So the friend of the family, that police officer that had come, went up to his room at some point as well because he just had an odd feeling, along with everyone else is now having this odd feeling. So he wanted to look around. He noticed that the bed had a puddle of urine underneath it. So, like, Steve had been in that bed and not able to get up for so long that he peed and it literally, like, went Ooh. the mattress. And the okay. Pillow. Yeah, which, that's not normal. I mean, come on. She just checked on him and she didn't see that puddle of urine. Or smell the pee. Right, exactly. So, a call was placed to one of his nephews, who was close to Steve, and he came over immediately as well. Initially, Lana did not want to call him because she didn't want to get him upset or, like, have him get upset about seeing Steve in the state that he was in. But everyone's like, he's a dead adult. Like, call him. He needs to Yeah, He's the closest person to him right here. So later that day, he was talking with Lana and told her that they needed to get his will and make sure that they follow what Steve wanted. Lana was like, there is no will. I don't know what you're talking about. And so he questions her and she gets real defensive and is just like, there is no will. He was like, okay, but I know that there is because I'm the executor of it. Mm-hmm. So I know that my uncle Steve mm-hmm. made a will and there is one. So anyway, but of course he's just kind of like holding that because he doesn't want to set her off in any other way. And apparently in South Carolina, if you die without a will, everything just automatically goes to your spouse. Oh, really? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So move to South Carolina before you do anything. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina is the same, I think, right? No? Oh, is it? I think so. Mm-hmm. You just have to have something for so. Yeah, you have to have something, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now family members are getting somewhat suspicious, and so police are also getting more suspicious 
So the family behind Lana's back had the coroner do an autopsy just to be sure. Interesting. Mm, yeah. So even though she was pushing for the yeah for the cremation. Yeah, but yeah. very quickly somebody from the family was like, "Uh, no, let's do an autopsy on him. We're requesting it now. Let's do it." Can so, anyone from the family request that though? Like, or, well, or doesn't she kind of get the final? I would say? think too, right? That's interesting that they were able to like well, override her. I would think her. too, but. She, what about like a sister or a mom? Like, I don't think it was his parents, but like, I think it was his sister. And I feel like also if there was suspicion, I think if the police would be like, yeah, okay, think, we're going to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. If there's police suspicion for sure. But like, that's interesting that legally they were able to override the wife because you would think mm-hmm. the wife would get the final say. True. I guess common sense took over. Hopefully. Well, we'll see, right? Well, yeah, I have a feeling it was a combination of things. Like, the family's probably like, I think we should have this done, and police were probably like, yeah, we right. just peeing through the bed and doing all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So, when this was done, the autopsy revealed all things indicative, indicative sorry, of natural death. It showed that he had an enlarged heart, gallbladder disease, and congested lung. So, investigators were like, okay, I guess this was clear-cut case of a heart attack, and we're just going to proceed that way, but we still need the toxicology report. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, yes, we have that, but we have to wait to close it out for the toxicology So report. what did she poison him with? Damn, yes. <laughs> so this comes across investigators' desks in mid-August, and the report showed that Steve had a substance called tetrahydrazoline in his system. Does anyone have a guess as to what tetrahydrazoline is? No. Siri. Yeah. Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can't. Okay. You're going to tell us. She's going to tell us. Okay. This is the main ingredient in Visine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. When used therapeutically the way you're supposed to. I didn't think that made you pee. I thought it made you do something else. Yeah. It gives you the the diarrhea. People at all tip get Visine. That was like a party joke to like you give the person that you don't like. That's if you're a bad tipper, you get the Visine. (laughs) Sorry. No, but you are correct. This is what people believe. And I'm going to get to what you just said too in a second. When it's used therapeutically the way you're supposed to, you would have trace amounts of it in your system. Steve had 30 times the amount in his would, system. Would he have, would he have, like if you're using it as eye drops? Would he have mourn it because he recreationally enjoyed the Mary Jane? So he had a little extra? No. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. no, but no, because if you just use it in your eyes, you'd only always. I'm ever just saying, have, could have been more than like, moderately enjoying the Mary Jane if it was like heavy. A lot of eye drops, get rid of the red eye before you go play golf so you right. can see straight, you know. But I, 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 I get what you're saying, but I think no matter what, if you're using it for drops in your eyeballs, you would only have a trace amount okay. of the system. This was like ingested. Yeah, excessive amounts of it in yes. his body plus a lot of Are you reading the notes? A lot of Doritos. Oh, no. <laughs> he's saying he had a lot of Doritos oh. in his body. Yeah. Funyuns. Samezies, Steve. <laughs> So when you ingest this tetrahydrazoline, it can constrict blood vessels cause, and cause cardiovascular and respiratory issues and death. So do not drink the Visine. Tip your PSA. waiters and waitresses. PSA. Do not drink Visine. Yes. 
don't put it in people's things thinking that you're going to just make them poop. Oh, off. yeah, because it's real bad for it's them. It's crazy, though, because you don't really think that it would be that bad for you. And also, the bottle is so small, they don't have a lot of room to t- talk about how dangerous that's it is. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. The font size is like... It, like illegible like you can't even i don't even think there is instructions that's what i was gonna say on the bottle there's no instructions you gotta read the box it's that tiny Mm -hmm. yeah wow well stop drinking yeah guys my guys (laughs) here's your warning (laughs) as part of the process they are supposed to inform the spouse of their findings so they call lana in to talk with her and also record this meeting and have police in the room next door listening at the time. So they start to tell her what was found, and Lana knows exactly, she's a nurse, what tetrahydrazoline is. Hmm. So they ask her why this would be in her, his system, and Lana said, oh, well, years ago, someone told Steve that if he put a couple drops in his coffee, it would help him go to the bathroom regularly. So Steve had been putting this in his coffee every Isn't that day what coffee's for years. <laughs> Well, agree. That's what coffee is for, for me. Yeah. You don't need the visee <laughs> so, like just the coffee. I know. Yeah. And also, this is a common misconception perpetuated by several movies and television shows that people have right. done. Like, I think it was like Wedding Crashers. Somebody put it in yes. the because they were mad. And there was like a CSI show uh, episode where they said it was in someone's system because they were putting trying to get them to go to the bathrooms. They're mad, but this is, I guess, common misconception. Okay, according to this. Okay, so meanwhile, Steve, nope, police start looking into members of the family for possible suspects, and they come across. So they start looking into other people and their background. They come across an incident that had happened two years previously where Lana accidentally shot Steve in the back of the head with a crossbow while he was sleeping. <laughs> he, he, he. Okay. Circle back. The second time wow. she was so was, was I just have what? a question. I have a question about that. Was that yes. conversation recorded? No, no. No, because she and Steve... She said that her and Steve were going out to shoot together. While he was sleeping? And so she brought it. No. Well, she said she brought it up to the bedroom. Why you would bring it up to the bedroom if you're going the next day, I don't know. And it accidentally went off. Yeah, Steve was bambing in that but situation. Then, okay, wait. What's a crossbow? Right. That's like an automatic. No, stop with automatic. But it's I'm a, saying it's like the a, guy in The Walking yes, Dead. that's what I'm thinking. Daryl in The Walking Dead. That's it's like, right? With arrows? Yeah. One at a time. It takes a long time to load. Still. Right. So, you know, she only My shot him once. Oh, just so once? That's all she shot him? Just one time? Yes, it was just, just once. In the back of the head? Just one time in the back of the and head. So he had an arrow in his head and he well, lived? It happened twice. No. No. Two years before. I think, before. I think, twi- I think twice, twice makes okay. it a pattern. But he accident. would have an arrow in his head. Well, right. glanced no, it was off. just one time. Yeah, he still had it in his yeah. head when he died. My guys. No, he my didn't. Guys. Two years earlier. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. I just got to back up. She also... Who did that interview? I accidentally shot him in the back of the head while he was sleeping. With a crossbow. With a crossbow, which is pretty cumbersome yeah. and, like, no place for it in the bedroom. Yeah, I mean, accident. you can have a weird light, but, like, crossbows and bedrooms don't go together. <laughs> you can have no, it's, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, it's being just some weird stuff. Not crossbows, not crossbows in the no. bedroom. No. No. It's really strange that you brought it up there. So she said it was an accident. Yeah. 
that accidentally went off. But then she also said that at one point that he, she had done it in self-defense, like two different stories at the time. But Steve Steve corroborated that it was an accident. Like they both insisted it was an accident at the time. So nothing was ever looked into. Yeah. He was like, I dreamt that it was an accident. Mm-hmm. While well, I was, I was of Steve of sound mind after getting shot in the back of the head with a crossbow to say Seriously? it was an accident. I think I, clearly, I don't think it was like a, a very deep penetration because uh, yes, he was fine afterwards. Wow. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about that. All I know is that they just found out about that as they looked into it and they were like, wait a minute, Lana shot him two years ago. So maybe we That's should look bananas. into it. You think? Yeah. Yeah, So when she's questioned, she starts to talk about how Steve was possessive and controlling and that he wasn't a monster, but he was abusive. They never found any evidence to back this up, though. Even all the past girlfriends would be like, no, he was the sweetest man and we loved him. And we had five other wives. Yeah. 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 Both. So. Eventually, Lana calls the police to the house and confesses to them that she put the visine in his water. She said that she had grown tired of his behavior and wanted him to suffer and be uncomfortable and thought it would just make him go to the bathroom. Okay, Lana. Weird. Uh... And she said she took it. It was on the nightstand next to him. And she took it from the nightstand and squeezed the entire contents into his water. So the whole bottle of visine. Mm-hmm. But didn't you say? She was a nurse. She knew what the active ingredient was. Mm -hmm. She knew what it would do to you. So did she really think it was going to make you, you know. Just be uncomfortable. Just go to the bathroom if she was a nurse, knew what it was. I Yeah, exactly. I think you. Yeah, I think think she really knew what would happen, but she's just playing like she thinks it's the same same thing that everyone else thinks. So just going to make them poop some. So she's like. I feel bad about this now because what if I'm the cause of his death? You are, Lana, and you knew you were. So days later, Lana tries to complete suicide by taking a bunch of pills and turning the gas on at the stove, and a neighbor somehow ends up coming in and, like, walking in on this, and she gets treatment at the hospital, but then is arrested out of the hospital for murder. The police hypothesis hypothesis is that Lana had been dosing him for days and that's why he was laid up in bed for so long and that she gave the final lethal dose that morning before she started mowing the lawn. Steve must have had a lucid moment at one point and realized what was happening and was trying to get down the stairs because she had taken his phone so that he couldn't call anyone for help because they couldn't find that, remember? And so he was going down the stairs to get to the landlines that they had. Mm-hmm. And then he fell down the stairs and that's where he died, like at some point fell. Mm-hmm. So there were several suspicious acts by Lana when she had found him, which I'm surprised you guys didn't me- message or mention this at all. But number one, she never tried to revive him. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. Why would mm-hmm. she not? Well, I actually thought of that him. when you said she stayed on the porch. Was the grass cut, by the way? Like, did she even try to cut the grass? Or is that just like a... Can we confirm? I'm assuming yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm assuming yes. Maybe she was like, had watched a movie where there was a guy on a motorcycle who came and like saved a stranger. And they're like, there's a guy on a motorcycle. It's a sign. 
Let me get that. I was one. just hoping for the cop that looked. I don't at the, want to do this myself. I'm just hoping for the cop that, or like, that looks at the yard and goes. I don't want to use my land. The, the cop looks at the yard and goes, "Okay, that lawnmower goes 4.3 miles an hour at 7.1 acres. <laughs> Clearly, she has not been out here for the entire duration she says she has because that's not enough grass to make up. Like, where where was <laughs> no, that guy? No, yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, never any. Probably the same guy that said, case. "Yeah, getting shot in the back of the head with the crossbow is an accident." That was the guy that showed <laughs> same up. Same detective. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. But maybe. I did think that when you right. said that she stayed on the porch, I thought that was kind of weird because, like, yeah, well, well I, even not being a nurse, I wouldn't stay on the porch. Like, I would go and be with my husband and, like, like hold his hand. Yeah, I would and, call 911 for whatever phone I yeah. had and help. Yeah, or just be there, like, be present. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the second thing was that she didn't call 911 from either of the phones that were available to right. her on that main level. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Instead, she runs outside, flags someone down, and then goes to neighbors. So they believe she went to the neighbors so that she would have witnesses of her distress. Oh. Like, Look how upset I am. This is a total accident, whatever. So Lana keeps insisting she did not intend to kill him. She just wanted to make him sick because of how he was treating her. Police think she killed him because the marriage had run its course, and she just wanted to get out but did not want to stop living her lavish lifestyle mm. that she was accustomed to because he's retired. He's got millions. He's, you know, this beautiful home. So she didn't want to give up on that is what they're thinking. The neighbors had witnessed a fire at the home the day after Steve died, like in the fire pit in the backyard. And some of family and friends had said that they helped Lana move the bed out of there since it had been ruined. And a few other items in from the bedroom that she was like, well, we just need to get rid of these. So let's burn them in the fire. So they burned this and the nephew, I believe thinks that she burned the will in that fire as well. And that's how, the, cause they never did find mm. a will, which I find odd because don't you, when you make a will, lawyers yeah. usually typically keep a yeah, copy oh, 100%. or there's some sort of copy somewhere. Like my parents have given me a card because, you know, like to say like, oh, this is where it is. This is how you access right. it. Like, I you feel know. like a lot of wills are like either not fully executed, like fully signed or they're not. Well, like, but I think this yeah. one was like he had a nephew who was the executor. Well, so if he was an executor. Like, he why like didn't he have a copy? Together guy. Yeah, an executor would have a copy of the will. I would think. You usually get right? a thumb drive with everything right. on it. Right. And then you just yeah, you have it, or at yeah. least information that, like you said to access it. If you're an executor, right? Like, who to go to? Right. Where do you find it? Like whatever. So I found that odd too. But apparently there was no evidence of this will hmm. anywhere, and so they think she burned it. In okay. The they also believe that she threw his phone into the lake as it was never recovered because they lived right on a lake, Lake Wiley. Did anybody ever pull the text Lana's messages or anything from his records, the phone records? Because why would you get rid of the phone if there wasn't something she was trying to hide? Mm, good point. Well, they believe that there wasn't anything like, well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's thought that she only took the phone so that he didn't have a way of calling right. her help. That there maybe probably was, wasn't anything wrong. He, he was writing to somebody and saying, like, hey, I, I'm really not feeling well and I'm worried that my wife is poisoning me or something. Who knows? Who knows? Well, yeah, I don't know. But he didn't have it. And her, her sister, his sister could not get in touch with him for days. So he didn't have it for several mm -hmm. days. He wasn't answering, which she said was very strange. Right. So, anyway. 
Lana's lawyers defended her, saying she suffered from PTSD because an uncle sexually abused her as a child, and she had been raped on a military base years earlier, and she never told anyone about either one of those things until now. And so they're saying that somehow she, this PTSD came out, and this is why it happened. So what he's saying is when Steve started to abuse her, she snapped. But he wasn't abusing her. So, I mean, there was never any evidence. Right. Okay. I should say. Lana ended up pleading guilty to voluntary manslaughter and tampering with food and drug in January of 2020. She was sentenced to 25 years in prison. The judge on that case commented about how she weaved a tangled web and she left him to suffer for three days. She's currently serving her sentence at a women's only at the women's only Leith Correctional Institute in Greenwood County, South Carolina. How old is she? Do you know? She's 50 something. She's young. Yeah. Well, she was 50 something when it happened. So, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. It was only four years ago, five years ago. I think it's really surprising that Visine is that lethal. Okay. I was just going to say that. Like the fact that you could kill like someone I mean, with Visine. Like is there, I wonder if there's other cases of, of this. Yeah. Like using it as a lethal poison. Right. Yeah. And people thinking like it, it like mimics a heart attack. Yeah. Right. And I'm wondering yeah. like how incapacitated he was if he couldn't get up to even pee. And then right. like also obviously couldn't walk down the stairs unless she like pushed him down the stairs or something and then went and mowed the lawn. But the stairs yeah, he, just kind of makes it dramatic, though. That really had nothing to do with his death. Right. No, they said that. The fall did not have anything. So that's why they think that he tried to, like, escape or go and call someone. And it just, that that's when it all took effect. And mm-hmm. he ended up, because she gave him the lethal dose that morning. So. But who knows how much she had to give him. Like, it, she could have given him more than just the one that she said mm-hmm. she did over those. Well, that's the other thing, too. She didn't call 911 because the recorded line probably. And those 911 calls don't play well in court. So let's make a show for the neighbor. So I have a little bit of a sympathetic audience because if you've been poisoning someone for three days, I doubt your 911 calls going to sound very sincere. That's true. Yeah, but if you don't call 911, it's a sign that you're yeah. not really too urgent about getting help. Right. Like that's not a good look. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole killing your husband thing. No, I mean, I go back to, look. like, what was Steve thinking after getting shot in the back of the head in the bedroom with the crossbow? Like, time to pack your bag, Steve. You done, he's got practice. He's done it six times before. It's not like he knows how to leave. I mean, well, you get shot in the back of the head, time yeah. to go. Pack your bags. Yeah, yeah, I will say. I think he was just a not nice Well, that's guy. what I was going to say. He must have just been extremely, like, um, yeah, he believed her and loved her. And but I will have mm. to say that if you shot me in the back of the head while you're sleeping in bed, I I would not be. You'd be totally pissed. Yeah, I would be totally pissed. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, fair, fair, fair response. <laughs> I think that's a fair response. Yeah. I mean, one time, one time we were changing a tire, and um, Christy was holding up the like we had taken off the tire. I was putting on like the spare. Oh. And I think I just had flip-flops on because we lived in Florida. And she was holding that other tire, and it just, like, fell over onto my toe. Um, <laughs> so, like, the metal rim part, like, just boom, like that onto my, like, bare toe. And it hurt really bad, and I was pretty pissed. Like, I remember <laughs> so being remember it. about it. 
but that's nothing compared to a crossbow. To the right. Face. I actually, so, I do right. have. I mean, I feel like I was out of line just by even being mad when some people get shot in the head with a crossbow while they're. I have a perspective, my dude. <laughs> not. Yeah. I know we're trying to wrap up, but I do have something that's very relevant to this. Oh, like, it's no. not. It's not quite okay. the same as getting shot in the back. But it's very close. So we ran a beach house one time, and it was like two in the morning, and this palmetto bug landed on my face. Palmetto bugs are cockroaches, by yeah, the way. The, oh, well, I yeah. know. Oh, I know. Huge cockroach. <laughs> For those that don't. And I don't know what. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what getting shot in the head with a crossbow feels like, but I gotta imagine it feels like that palmetto bug hit me in the face, <laughs> like two in the morning, and we did not go back to that house again. We left. Like we moved out, got a different I've rental. Never went to another. West to move so fast. Yeah, we we packed our stuff and we're out of that rental house, never <laughs> to go back again. We've been there for years. That was all it took. So if a palmetto bug to the face is enough, I gotta think a crossbow. Yeah, kind of takes you over the line. It's gonna wait. It's gonna yeah, wait. It's time to move out. Time to pack a pack a small duffel bag and get out yeah, of there. Yeah. A small duffel. Leave the visine. <laughs> that being said, Steve was in love and sounded like a really yes. great man, and that really sucks that Lana was a biatri. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. well, she's going to get out and still be based on our prior case. She's going to get out and still be young enough to murder. Oh, yeah. gosh. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. She'll be a spry 70 something. Do you think old. that they should like put a provision in her parole that she cannot purchase over the counter eye products? I know, right? Yeah. I just want to know, like my impression of Izine is that it, it always kind of like sucks. It doesn't work that well. And it's so small and really expensive. And now I'm finding that it kills you. I mean, come on, let's just go to like, you know, regular saline solution, which is which is basically just salt water, right? That's not going to kill you. Put salt water in your. It'll eyes. definitely make you to the bathroom, though. Death trap. It'll definitely make you to the bathroom. Saline oil. We need to cancel Visine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, Visine's sponsorship is. They're not coming here. here. Sorry, guys, in the closet, we do not Not support my zine. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for I know. Do you want to give a little, like, how do you feel after seeing the magic? Mm, I definitely should not be a part of it. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's a little less magical with me in here. No. Mm -hmm. Are you impressed? Yeah, yeah, it takes a lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I've said way too much on this, so it's hard not to. Yeah, it's interesting. The camera makes you look super small, Wes. Yeah, because that's never been said. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you guys don't see is the You're close to the camera. Yeah, the, my head takes up the entire screen. Like yeah. it should be Beth and I, but it's just my head. It's, it's like Mickey Mouse yeah. is on the screen. I mean, oh I'm trying God. to lean back for the same reason, but I just lean in. Like, <laughs> what I was looking for is the glean right here. Just to... <laughs> so I, I think, um, thank you first of all for having us, and um, I'll speak for Wes for a second, but he can speak for himself. Um, so proud of you two, and um, having the kind of boldness to just try this in the very beginning and not really having any idea how to do it, having done nothing like this in the past. And then to sort of stay with it through vacations and kids being sick and husbands having surgeries of various kinds and being laid up and all of the different things. I mean, literally the world was pretty hard the last few years and you all just sort of kept doing it. And obviously 
your um, audience has really appreciated your presence in their lives. Um, and it's really easy to understand why, because people who know you and now people who listen to you just see this kind of really warm, um, just kind of um, compatible relationship and you talking through things in the ways that you do is, is just really pleasant to listen to. And, and so you brighten people's lives. And I think it's really, really cool. I mean, imagine how many people have started podcasts um, since the pandemic began and, you know, had four episodes or nine or whatever. And gosh, I don't know what episode are you on now? Uh, we on we're now? 150 something 1862 yeah, so no it's not that <laughs> much. it's like 160 yeah, or something yeah. but it's it's super super cool and um I, I love you both i'm super proud of you and um we're, we're glad that other people get to come along and hear and see you in action and love you um probably not as much as we do but you know pretty close Gosh, man. I know, you're making me a little teary there. Father's Day episode. We definitely appreciate (laughs) y'all's support. This was a wacky adventure that we decided to go on. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you guys, you husbandries, were alongside us and like, do your thing. Like, we're here for it. We love it. Just, you know have your outlet and find your voice and you guys were a huge part of the support. So we appreciate you and happy father's day. Kind of echo what Emery was saying. I mean, how many people listen to this because you guys are best friends and they have best friends they talk to and they don't get to hear these conversations and, you know, they listen to you too. And they're like, man, it's just an amazing relationship and everybody can relate to that. And I think what makes the show so relatable is your all's relationship as friends. It's, Last across multiple states and years and kids and, you know, all the travel and everything that goes on with our lives. But you guys have maintained that. And I think that's something people aspire to as well. So I think it's a great example of, you know, friends doing something they love together. And, you know, I think that passion comes across in the show. And, you know, I'll cheese it up with a little bit and just say you guys are killing it. She's my best friend. Thanks, guys. Accidental pun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't go full. It. <laughs> couldn't go full teary eye like Emery. I had to just kind of mess it up at the end. But you <laughs> guys. Well, thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, you guys are great. Yeah. We'll keep you. We'll keep you. We love you guys too. Yep, it's been real. Yeah. All right. Well. I, who wants to I'll close it out. out. We're going to wrap it up. We okay. appreciate you guys. Happy Father's Day to all the husbandries out there, especially to ours. We are so thankful that they joined us. If you guys like what you hear, we have a Patreon, so you can do more over there. We have Instagram and Facebook, so come find us. And we freaking love you guys. So we hope you enjoyed this special episode, and we'll be back next week for another one. So always remember, the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closet.